Isaiah 28, we're going to start with verse 9. Isn't God good? This is an Old Testament scripture talking about tongues. But before I start, I want to make a statement. You know, I, I, um, I like Rocky movies, and, and I, don't, I don't want y'all to think that I've lost my mind and I'm as carnal as you think I am, but I like Rocky movies. And, there, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a low-rent movie, and I get it. But I love the underdog coming up to the top, the, the one that nobody thought would make it. The, it reminds me of me. It reminds me of a lot of us, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't you love it when the underdog, the guy that's not supposed to do all that good, just all of a sudden he climbs. There was a movie called Cinderella Man. It was during the Great Depression, and a man became a fighter because he had to have money for his family, and and uh, he won fights because he had to. And he, you know, I love that kind of thing. So I have a statement that I want to make to you. It has to do with what we're going to talk about tonight. Because in a Rocky movie, what a way to start a sermon, Rocky movie. There's a part of the movie that I don't like. I mean, it's just a little clip, and, and, I, and um, it kind of annoys me. Rocky is in the ring, and I think Mr. T or someone is beating his brains out, like he always does. And he sits down, and Rocky's about falling apart, and he starts coaching him. Hold your left arm up, right jab. And by then, I holler at the TV and go, shut up. <laughs> because you will never do any good in the ring if you haven't prepared for it. The ring is not the time for someone to coach you on how to win. You had better have done that before today all you can do when someone's in the ring is go go get them you're the you're the killer you're the winner you're the overcomer there's times that we need to look at each other and go you're a winner you're an overcomer then there's other times so the point that I'm trying to make here is in life the trials are only a reflection of what's happening in you privately don't ever forget it. You're goofing off in your life, and the trial hits, and you're going, oh, man, things aren't going good. No, you've been goofing off. But I'm, so, so the fight is only a reflection of your private, your practice, and your private proceeds public. The fight is a reflection of your practice. Private precedes public. So if if when when you're close to God, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about spending time with God. We're going to talk about drawing near to God tonight. We're, we're going to get into this thing of of what we're doing when you're not in church, and you know we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about the time that God has given you and how to use that appropriately. So my sermon's called, It's About Time. Not that it's about time you did something, but this life is all about time and how you're spending it. You, you got money, you spend it wisely, you can spend it foolishly, but it's about how you spend it. What are you doing with that time? So, so having said that, um, that so anyway in, in Isaiah 28 we start off whom will he God teach knowledge good question whom will he make understand the message not everybody has the knowledge of God and I mean even Christians not everybody understands truth not everybody a lot of Christians, have little to no knowledge. A lot of Christians have little to no knowledge of God. Now, we're going to talk about why that is and how to remedy it. But we're going to read this next phrase right here, 
and, and he makes this statement. He said, of whom will God teach knowledge? It's not up to God. It's up to you. And whom will he make to understand the message? Those weaned from milk and drawn from the breast? Yes. Man, you, we start teaching them in, when, I mean, we, you can teach a child the word. You start teaching them the word of God when they're old enough to, to throw a fit, they're old enough to be spanked, and they're old enough to start hearing right. Amen. Read the Bible to them. The boys would come in, and, and I know this, and I, and, I, and I pray that Betty May and Bet Melody, I just remember Caleb and Chloe talking to us about how Betty would have them praying in tongues on the way to school. I mean, you get in Betty's car, you're going to pray in tongues. And I mean, maybe we ought to ask her when it began because if it happened like it did at my house, they were little, three, three years old. Amen. They're praying in tongues. They're old enough to talk. They can, they can speak in tongues. So I've got to tell you a story right now. It has nothing to do with nothing, but it's just funny. When we put Jordan in Hampton Dubot, Hampton DeBow is not necessarily a spirit-filled tongue-tongue devil chasing all around school. And they have a lady in there that was a real strict Presbyterian, good denominational woman. And she happened to be going through the devotions that day, which were, you know, you know, day by day by day, you know, script. In other words, she's she's in Acts 2. And that happens to be the scriptures you read in the class. So she gets to it, and Jordan goes, I know all about that. She said, you do, Jordan, what about it? He goes, shout out, he just takes off speaking in tongues right there in class. And the teacher has no idea what he's doing. And not only that, but she don't even agree with it. But how do you tell a kid, oh, that's not right? He's like, yeah, it's right. That's God. This is God. Shondai lady, this is God. And, you know, he didn't know enough to know she's not of the persuasion. You know, later in life, he looked and said, Mom, you, this was in high school. He came home one day and he said, do you know everybody's not like us? And we said, yeah, we've known that for a while, Jordan. <laughs> not everybody looks like us, acts like us everywhere we go. Me and Justin have found out we're very different than most people. I said, yeah, you are, boys. All right. And whom will he make to understand the message? Those who from the milk, drawn from the breast. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Let, let's, let, let's go down this road. A lot of things you're praying about are not coming as quick as you think. We have gotten into this mindset in the body of Christ that every time that God answers a prayer, it's going to be fast and quick, and I want the answer, and I want it just like McDonald's. I want it like Burger King. Pull up, and I want a burger, and I want fries, and I want a drink, and I want to be out of here in two minutes. And life in Jesus are not that way. There are prayers that you prayed and he answered and he's still answering that prayer. He's still teaching you something. It might have been a year ago and yet he's still schooling you in that. And a lot of things you prayed about didn't happen quickly. Do not fall out that it didn't happen quickly. I'm telling you, it is happening. The, the way God works, in the, the, best, the best way for him to work is the same way the school system you took your kids and put them in work, line upon line, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's the way you teach kids. It's the way God teaches you. And see, you, you, you want it like, hey, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Where is it? A lot of times it doesn't happen that way because there is a word called discipline. And we're going to discipline yourself to learn and grow. See, there's things God can't teach you. See, he's got to teach you A so you can understand B. And then you got to get B to understand C. And you got to understand A, B, and C and how they work to understand D and E. You're asking him F and you're down there at B and he's going, just give me a little time here. I'll take you there. I'll get you there. But I know it's going to take some time. So this is a powerful scripture right here. Precept must be upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line. I wish Christians got that because they think God's ignoring them. He is not ignoring you at all. He is taking you where you need to go. 
All right, the next one is, is powerful. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest where you cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing, but they wouldn't hear it. Say, I will. Okay, now we're, we're, we're a little different breed in this church, so let's go down this. We'll stay positive. God gave the church a way to know and understand truth. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more of the line upon a line, the more of the line, 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 line. Every, see, you're not, you're, you're thinking, I did that, I prayed that for 10 minutes and <laughs> nothing happened. Sweetheart, yes, it did. God is, God is peeling you like an onion. And you're going to pray through some stuff and then you're going to pray through some more stuff and then you're going to pray through some more stuff. But what we're doing is every time we have an issue that only God can help you with, you're turning to the world for your rest. The world has nothing to help you spiritually. Not a dang thing. I know I said that because I wanted you to go, oh, my God. Uh, you know, I, I want you to grab that with everything in your soul because God gave us entertainment. God gave us things, but those things aren't taking you where you, the rest that you're looking for. See, the things that are going on inside of you right now, they are spiritual. They're not natural. You're like, I'm tired. That's spiritual. I don't have any more time. I'm out of time. I'm, I'm burned out. That is a spiritual problem. It is also a misuse of time. So what do we do and how do we use our time wisely? Okay, I'm glad you asked me that question. Thank you. Amen. God always responds to your heart. He does not respond to your need. He does not respond to your cry. He does not respond to your problem. He responds only to your heart, and it is out of the abundance of the heart your mouth speaks. It's out of that heart fellowship with God. Only through heart fellowship are you ever going to get the answers you are looking for. Now, now here's why I say this. Now, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to... You can go through motions. I went to church. If your heart isn't here, you are getting nothing out of it. You, it would, God said, I'm, I'd rather you stay home and be backslidden than to come in here lukewarm. I'd rather, if you're going to read your Bible and you're going to walk with God, put your heart in it or it won't work. Let me tell you a story. And, and, I'm, and I, have, I, I'm, I have a purpose I'm doing this. I'm not just preaching to preach. The time that I got to go down to Columbia with Dr. Osborne and I, and I sat on the platform, he preached a sermon and he told the sermon of the Catholic woman. I'm not anti-Catholic, but she happened to be Catholic. And she was not a born-again Christian. But she came to the meeting because she's in a wheelchair and she's wealthy. And she came because she found out a man was there praying for the sick and she wanted to be healed. She is like most people. I want healing but I don't know if I want him. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You ain't getting either one. Because faith, like love, is of your heart. And this explains why a lot of times you, you're going through, you push the button, you pull. sermon didn't work for me. It would if you quit seeking his arm and, seek, and sought his face. Thank you. This is where we are in time. And that's a time issue. So, so, so she went to the meeting, and I'm going to make it fast because many of you have heard the story. But she sat out there night after night after night, and the chauffeur kept saying, are you going to go forward tonight and get in the altar call? And she kept saying, no, I have my religion. And she's got a rosary beads. And I, yeah, you, please forgive me. I have no earthly idea <laughs> what that is. Just, are they marbles? Are they pearls? You count your prayers? I was with a man here in Apopka one day, and we went to his church to pray, and he brought out prayers, and he read, and we were all sitting there watching him. And then when we took off, we didn't have a piece of paper. And he came up afterwards, and he says, Would you teach me how you do that? How do you pray without a piece of paper? And I'm like, huh. Are y'all getting where I'm trying to go? That I'm thinking, oh. I said, you pray out of your heart. I mean, if he didn't have a piece of paper, he lost. Well, he has religion, we have relationship, and they're not even close to being the same thing. And so that astounds people. But anyway, he was astounded. Anyway, I had another time here not too long ago. It was really uh, denominational pastors, and we were in a church here locally, and the Spirit of God came on me real strong in the prayer meeting, and I began to prophesy to Doug Bankston about the election. And then, I, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on me, and I just prophesied over by in the room. And then I walked over, grabbed that Baptist pastor, and set him down, and I prophesied to him. And I said, God, if you're in this, I'm going. I'm not even going to worry. I ain't going to look at him. And he was fine with it. Those guys know God. And they walk out and go, That was different. I said, to us, it's very normal. Just obey God. Don't worry about what people think. I want you to put a James 5.13 on here before we move forward. I'm going to put it on the screen. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him do what? Here is a word and I'm going to say it, and, I'm, and I believe that Betty May and Barbara and different ones of you will hear this. People are always coming and saying, pray for me. And there, there's a time to do that. But I, I and I'm not, I'm not talking about a time period, but I know for a fact that the ladies have had women come into the prayer meeting so that Barbara and Jeannie and them can pray for them. Listen. The next time that happens, look at them and say, no. I will help you. You pray. I'm going to back you. And you're going to learn to connect with God. I'm not going to do. See, prayer is a heart thing. You cannot get God to do something for you unless your heart is right. Quit asking people to go to God and get you an answer. It's not right to do that. If they're babies, yes, listen, there's nothing wrong with baby Christians coming into church and you going, come up here, let me pray for you. And even then, sometimes I get them to pray. But after a while and they come tonight, I want all of y'all to pray for my kids. Say, you pray, we're agreeing. Oh, I don't know how. Well, then tonight you're going to learn, darling. And you ain't leaving until you learn. Am I being too hard, Barbara? No, I'm not. This is one of the issues that we've all faced is that we want to not assume any responsibility at all for our life. God always responds to heart, always 
responds to your heart. You turn to him and he'll meet you. Every, so Lisa the other day was watching this preacher on uh, someplace on her phone and he was talking about a boy in India and um, he had a vision of heaven between two streets and he said, the, that God, I want to know him. And the moment that boy said, I want to know him, God responded. See, there, uh, when I was in St. Thomas, and I'm on the beach with Lisa, and we're, we're, we're diving, you know, skin dive, snorkeling, and, uh, and I'm looking at people everywhere, and I know they're not born again. And I said, God, I'm, I'm uncomfortable here right now. Um, shouldn't I be doing something? I, I went to the islands for years and years preaching, getting people born again. I preached in the streets. I've, I've preached in all kinds of places. And he said, no, son, they're not seeking. God can't help a man who isn't looking for truth. Now, let's brings, that brings me to a point that I want to make here. And, and please forgive me, Zach, if I get this wrong or I get out of my lane. Zach and I talk every once in a while because he enjoys ministering to people. But, you know, and I, I said this to him the other day, and I don't know whether the, this is the case with them or not. That's not this point. There are people who want to be healed. But they come into a church like this and they can grow, but they've chosen not to. I, I, don't, I don't want that tongues. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I'll take the healing. There's something wrong. Not that they're bad. There's something's wrong with the heart. So I brought my book because I've never preached out of my book. And I, I, I realized that when Lisa and I were having our coffee time that what she said to me was true. And I want to read something to you that, I, that God did. And I've always said I didn't get saved. But I never knew what he was doing until Lisa said this to me the other day. I never knew what God was doing. Um, uh, it says, um, Howard Hill was writing about having a personal relationship with God. And I'm sure there was a place in the book where they had the sinner's prayer. I must have missed that page. After I read the book, I remember walking outside of my house and I looked up to heaven and I said, I sure wish I knew you like this man does. I wasn't born again, but you see, God was pulling me, and I responded to it. You see, when you're praying for someone, and you say, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing worked. Oh, God moved. But God needs, when he's moving, for that person to stop and go, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I really wouldn't mind knowing you like this guy. Well, I, I didn't get saved. No, I did not. But you know, when I said that to God, he, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw near to you. That was enough for God to pursue me. Today, right now today, you need to, you need to guard your heart out of it are the issues of your life. Don't allow anything in there other than Jesus. Don't allow anything in your heart. We're going to get into that a little deeper here in a moment. Because a lot of times what we're doing that's keeping you from getting your prayers answered is not sin at all. It's just that something else is almost always more important. I could have read the book and went, ah, thrown it down. But I responded to God. 
I responded to the prompting. Then there was the other story about me being in the woods, and, and that's in the story here. That's in my story here. And it says, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came on me like a cloak, and I, I knew there was a heaven and a hell, and reality hit me, and I never doubt. I, 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 you know, God will honor your prayers. And laying there in the woods, the glory of God, and I just looked up to heaven and said, God, I wish I was going to heaven when I left this God-forsaken hell. Spirit of God's owned me, and, I, and I'm responding to him. Now that's, you understand, you are the one that determines whether God, whether you know, whether you know. It isn't up to God what you know. It's up to you what you know. How much time, and what are you doing with time? Okay, I'm, I'm just getting started. Now, I'm not going to go there. I don't want you to turn there. But you remember in Exodus when Moses was walking through the desert and he saw a burning bush? It says he turned to see this thing. And then at the point that he turned, God spoke to him out of the bush. Let me tell you something. God's, God's got things he's doing in your life all the time, but he's waiting to see what are you going to do and are you going to slow up long enough to pursue him as opposed to whatever it was you were doing you thought was so awesome. Matthew 15, 8, go there. Just put it on the screen. I don't have Matthew 15, 8. These people draw near me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. Their hearts not in it. Because you and I can get to the place where we're just like sing a hymn, sing a hearse, pray in the Holy Ghost, and we're out of here, baby. We got things to do, please go, things to do. That's a heart issue. That's a heart issue. And, and, and I don't ever want to get to that place, but that, that's the reason right there that a lot of times when you say, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Find out what's priority to them. Is it the Lord? I mean, I'll take a million dollars if you give me, but by God, I'm not going to invest to get it. I'm not going to work to get it but I'll take it if you give it. Well, that's the way people do healing. You want to make a million dollars, you're going to make it. There's going to be effort in there. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to do some things. You want to walk with God? You want the miracles of God? You want the things of God? It, there, there's, some, there's an investment in that called time, called, called you. And you know what? You're, if your heart is in it, you will do it. God is looking to see what's going on in your heart. Now, let's look at another one. Um, uh, Luke eleven nine nine. Put just pop it on the screen. There's another one that says, "Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom, not second, third, or fourth. Yes. Not second, third, or fourth. Not somewhere in the lineup of all the things that we've been doing all day and every day. And I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Amen. Did he lie? No, but he's not talking about, oh, I want one of those, I want one of those, one of those. Now, he's got something going on here a little deeper than we've ever thought. Ask, and it says in the Greek, and I hated this scripture. I read this for years, and I absolutely hated this scripture. I would never preach on it because it didn't line up with my doctrine. I'm like a Baptist. I got scriptures I don't like. Ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. And I'm going, no, God, seek, ask him, and it's believe it's done in Jesus' name. I don't like that scripture. But he's not talking about the prayer of faith right there. He's talking about there are things in life that if you want them, God wants you to turn your attention that way. He wants you to turn your focus that way, and he wants you to go after it. Go back to the story I told of the, about Rocky. You, listen, if you know you're going into a fight, there's a lot of preparation time before you hit the ring if you plan on winning. There is time involved. Do you want to walk in health? You're going to put time into it. You're going to start learning what to do with your time. But here's the problem, and I'm going to get way ahead of myself. I'm too busy. Let me just go blunt. That's a lie. Call, look in the mirror and say, you lied. Stop it. 
because what you're doing is a lot of unfruitful stuff. If you're too busy, now, now listen, can God, can God feed you even without a job? Then how is he feeding you with one that's killing you? Because you're spending more time on it then you need to be putting time in it and maybe put your time in the blessing of Abraham over here. Maybe put your time in seek first the kingdom, put the things of God first and maybe not your job, dummy. Oh, I'm just so busy, I don't have time for that. Well, you'd better make time because if your heart was in it, you would make time. When I was dating Lisa, I always had the time. Man, if I knew she was coming over, we were making time here, baby. I mean, this is priority one. Cook her some shrimpies. You know, you can catch a mermaid with shrimp. I have figured that out. You just put it on the stove, put a little butter and garlic in there, and mermaids swim up. And you just catch them right there, marry them, and then, you know, and next thing you know, they go, what have I done? All right. I tried steak, but it didn't work nothing like fish. Okay. Um, look, look at this. And it will be given you. Seek. You say, you say yeah, but I don't know that. You don't want to. You don't want to know it. You will if someone drops it on your head. But, but if he's, he said you turn your attention that way, God will always meet you on anything. That's heavy. How bad do you want to know it? I'll tell you, there's times I, I've gotten into the habit, and Lisa knows this, when I'm dealing with something, I just, I just go in there and sit in my chair and get my Bible out and pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't care how long it takes me. And sometimes it happens in a day and sometimes it's a week. And she always knows when I get my prayer answered because I'm like, Lisa, what are you doing right now? I got to tell you what the Lord said. <laughs> but he's always answered me. And some of them, I've, I've done some quite a bit of praying. But I knew if I turned my face to him, Okay, here's another one. I'm too tired. That's not true. That's all you're doing is trying to fix a problem in the natural. You are not. If you're tired, you're in the flesh. He said, this is the rest wherewith you cause the weary to rest. If you were taking the time to draw near to God, instead of running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you're putting your faith in God and not in yourself. Y'all went quiet. Did y'all notice how quiet it got in here? Yes. You thought we just changed the sign outside to Second Baptist Church tonight if they don't straighten up. I must have hit a nerve right there. If you're tired, let me tell you something. You're doing activities you don't need to be doing. You got some wrong junk going on somewhere. Now, let me tell you a secret about time, and I'm going to blow your mind. God can extend a day. Now, don't ask me how. I don't have any idea, and I'm going to prove it to you. You remember when Jesus got in the boat and they rode all night, but when he stepped in the boat, it was immediately at the other side? I'm going to tell you why you're running out of time. If you put him first, the other 90% would work. But if you put the 90% first, you will run out of time and still never have time for God. That is. have to use your faith for that because you won't do it if you don't believe that that's true. You think time is set in stone. But people have died and gone to heaven and met like a hundred people and been back ten minutes later and went, how did that happen? I was preaching in a church, Lisa will tell you this, in Winter Garden years ago. 
And I started preaching, and the Holy Ghost fell. Oh, my God. There was a deaf kid healed, and, and people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And, I mean, the power of God got so strong in there. And, and I mean, I probably preached 35, 40 minutes and prayed for people for 10, 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden, I stepped back, and the whole building was empty, except for the three people in front of me. And I turned to Lisa and I went, where'd they go? She said, they left hours ago. I went, no. She said, yeah. You, you just got lost. I went, I mean, they never saw anybody leave. The things of the Spirit of God, that, you know, I had, a, I had the Lord show me something one time about a man. I told Lisa the other day about a man and his wife. They weren't married yet. He showed me the whole story, which if I told you would take hours and hours. Their disagreement, their fight, their, their, his leaving, their, they were dating. He walked off, didn't, say, didn't tell her goodbye. Her hurt, her crying, his, his fear. His, I, I, and yet, it happened in my soul in a nanosecond. He downloaded and I knew everything. How? <laughs> I don't know. Time. You seek first. Everything else will line up. All right. I have too much to do. No, you don't. Choose what you do wisely. I wrote this down. I'm going to say this and then we're going to. The world talks to everyone, but not everyone listens to the world. God talks to everyone, and not everyone is listening to God. Who's got your ear? What are you paying attention to? What are you spending your time on? So I'm going to read a story here. How are we doing for time? Oh, I got good. I got a few. I got a few here. Go, go to Luke. No, I got to find this now. I got to. What did I do with that scripture? Oh yeah, Luke 24. Go to Luke 24. Now I'm going to show you something in the Bible about the Lord. Zach, I think this will answer your question. I pray that your friends don't listen to the CD and go. Is he talking about me? Yeah, it may be them, may not be, but I just want to show you because Zach's always asking me questions. People always ask me questions when it comes to ministering to people, and uh, some people I I don't take a lot of time with. Some some people I do. It really depends on them. Um, Luke twenty four. Let's start with verse thirteen. Behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They're walking and they talk together. Of all the things that happened, so it was while they conversed and they reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. You understand that nothing they're talking about is going to come up with an answer. Most of your yakking is, is worthless yakking. Unless the Lord's in it. And Jesus himself drew near and went with them, and their eyes were restrained that they didn't know who it was, and they didn't know him. And they said, what kind of conversation is this you're having with one another as you walk? And you're sad. That's obvious that something's not right. And one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? And you don't know the things that happened here these days. And he said, what things? He said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Notice he was, but he isn't. Um, I got to go back. Was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before the people, God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. We were hoping, we got our hopes in him, but their hopes were not based on tr on truth or reality. They hoped they were hoping he'd come overthrow the Romans. That it was he who was going to redeem us in Israel. Besides this, is today is the third day since these things happened. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb were early were astonished. And when they did not find his body, they came and said they saw a vision of angels and that he's alive. 
And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just like the women said, but we didn't see him there. Now, this, this, this is a lot of the way people run their life. I didn't see it. Come to church, go, I want to see a miracle. Well, so-and-so got born again. Yeah, but I want to see a miracle. Okay. And, and then he said, oh, foolish ones. I, I can only imagine he, slow of what? Heart. Not slow of soul or slow of mind. Slow of heart. What's wrong with your heart? In other words, if their heart had been right, they'd have believed the report. Sight unseen, but they did not. To believe all the prophets spoke. Ought not Christ suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded all the scriptures of things concerning himself. Now look at verse 28. And when they drew near the village, they were going, and he indicated he would have gone further. Now I'm going to change the scripture because I want to show you what could have happened. Well, it's been good talking to you, but we're tired. It was nice, but we're hungry. It was a nice talk, but you're not on our radar. We, we've heard what I want to hear, and that's it. But I want you to read what really did happen, and I want you to put yourself in this place. They drew into the village where they're going, and he indicated, he's walking on. Now, wait a minute. Why? Let me tell you something about God. You don't act like you want to hear. If when you pray, are you praying? Or are you seeking God? Are you pouring your heart out? Or are you pouring your problems out? God wants your heart. I love you, Father God. I love you, Father. What do you want out of me today, Father God? Father God, is there anything that I'm, I'm doing that you need to talk to me about? Is there anything I need to change? Is there, Father God, I love you. Is there, I just want to spend time with you right now. I just want to take, I, I, I got a lot to do today, but nothing beats me sitting here. I just want to be with you right this moment. I'm going to tell you something. He's coming in the room. People say, I don't hear him. Well, I can tell you there's something wrong with your heart. Because you're throwing words out, but you're not praying. Don't shout me down. He indicated, well, he's just going to go down the road. Verse 29, look at it. And they constrained him. He said, stay with us. The day, stay, we've enjoyed this. We've enjoyed this. this I want y'all to come to church. But if you don't want to be here, please stay home. You're killing the church service. You're just showing up and singing two hymns and a couple hers. I'd rather you wake up and go, I so want to go be with you and hear your word. I want to know what you have to say, Father God. I just want to give, oh, Father God, I just want to, this is my day. I'm taking time for what I believe is important. And he'll meet you. I've had people sit in this church and Holy Ghost teach them things. Other people sitting next to them and don't get nothing. Abide with us. Well, they've already been talking hours. They've, they've been talking to them for hours and hours and hours. This is an inconvenience, but they really like being with him. You ever noticed, you hear me say this all the time, there's never been a day that it's been an inconvenience to be with Lisa. I just isn't. I just don't. Yeah, we've. And how long? Would, how long are we going to be here next? I, I got something to do. I'll guarantee you she'd say, "Go do it." <laughs> the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Say, that's me. Verse thirty. 
It came to pass as he sat down and he took bread and blessed it and broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they went, oh my God, it's Jesus. There are people he manifests to and there are people he does not. He isn't being found by anybody not looking. You're not looking, you're not finding it. Okay, I'm finished. I'm teasing. Go to Proverbs 4.20. And they turned around that night. Go back to that scripture. I want to read the rest of that. I want to show you something. This is so. And they rose that hour. They've been walking all day. They're about to go to bed. They had an encounter with Jesus, and they turned around and ran straight back into Jerusalem and found the 11 and said, oh, my God, oh, my God, we saw him. And they wanted to be, the time didn't matter. Their sleep didn't matter. Their bodies didn't matter. Their hunger, their belly didn't matter. All those things didn't matter. They had an encounter with God because they put the time in it, and that encounter led to them going back, and yet, and yet they didn't say, we're sleepy. I got something to do. Y'all go on. I got, I got something to do. There's a story told in, about a man who gave a wedding, and they said, well, you know, a wedding feast, and he said, oh, we just bought a yoke of oxen, and we won't be there. We just got married and won't be there. We just bought a field and won't be there. And the Bible says the king was wroth. And he says, man, you know when God calls you, he's not interested in what business deal you have going down. If he's your life, he is your life. I was, I was with a man of God one time over me in the Lord, and he called me and said, Pastor Morgan, I'd like to see you for lunch Wednesday. I said, I have, sermon, I have a service that night. He said, I'll see you at lunch Wednesday. I looked at someone, I said, take Wednesday night, I'm going to lunch. I've had Wednesday services before. Right now I have the opportunity to sit with a great man of God. I'm going to lunch. Everything else is going to go on hold for just a little while here. Okay, never mind. Okay, anyway, they, they now, go to, now go to Proverbs 4. Is this all right for y'all? I like my say, and I said, the world talks, not everyone's listening. I don't listen to everything they say, not interested in what all they have to say. I, I, I make sure that I don't spend my time. Oh, let me see this. I should do that. I got time. I got, I got a few minutes. Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs. I got one more scripture I got to go to. Thank you, Lord. I would have totally, totally forgot that. I don't know where I wrote it down or if I wrote it down. Proverbs 4, 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Don't let them depart from in front of your eyes. You keep them in the middle of your heart. Their life to those that find them. Health to your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of your life. Guard what you're putting and what your what has your heart. Now go to Luke 8. We'll close with Luke 8. How am I doing, Amber? Am I doing all right? Luke 8 is is a is I call it the Mac Daddy parable. Jesus is the one that said it. And he said uh, in verse 11, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And those by the wayside, those who hear, and the devil comes and takes the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, wait a second. How did he get the word out? They were not paying attention to it. They heard it. But they weren't giving it priority. Let's look at another one here. Those on the rock, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and they have no root. And if you're from up north, like Paul here, it's root, who believes for a while in a time of temptation fall away. 
who decided to pay attention to the temptation. You know, you don't have to do everything the devil tells you to do. You've never been through a temptation that you didn't say yes to. Satan can't make you do anything. But what happens is you're like Lot when he first turned his tent to Sodom. He didn't go to Sodom. He just turned his tent that direction. You turn your tent to the world, you're going. Whatever takes the place of number one is where you're headed. That could be your job. That could be your family. More important than God. I know that shocks you. But Jesus obeyed his mama when he was little. And later she came back and she says, now we've all been talking and we need to have a talk with my son. And he said, you go out there and tell her that now I'm not 12 and uh, my mother is the one who hears the word and does it and I don't have anything to say to her. Ow. Some of the biggest enemies you got are in your house. What are you doing now? How many times are you going down there? Every Monday night prayer meeting, what's wrong with you? I mean, my God, have some fun every once in a while. What's wrong with you? You're ignorant, man. All your money, you get, you're still giving it? Oh, my God, no. I mean, don't you know, you got to spend some of that on yourself. <laughs> you're hearing that at home. You're hearing that from family. You're not hearing that. Sinners don't talk to you like that. Family members, they think they got all the right in the world to tell you what you ought to be doing. Never mind. I just, I, I jumped on that one, but. Ask me how I know. Why don't you get a real job? Like the rest of us. Preach. Are you serious? No. I mean, my God, go to school. I did. Oh, that's not school. No. They don't pay nothing. You know, seeking first to king. I know all that kind of thing. My God. Oh, no. Don't tell me you're going to do that. You're not still praying like that, are you? I mean, it's so noisy. I don't see the reason for all that. I don't see the reason for all that. You still spend, you're going out of that meeting again? All y'all do is run around. You've heard him preach before. You got CDs. You listen to the CDs. You don't have to go out there. You know what? Airplane ticket. I mean, my God. You ought to use your time a little more wisely, like we do. The rest of your backslidden heathen. <laughs> but when they have problems, they. Well, I remember the last time I prayed for you and got you out of hell, it, you didn't cry about my faith in God a bit. <laughs> Karen, amen. Catherine, Catherine. Now look at this next one. Those who fell among thorns are those when they hear they're choked with cares, not sin, riches, pleasure. Folks, listen, all those are is something taking time. There's not anything wrong there. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but all cares? You could be doing cares and go to bed at night with cares and wake up with cares. They're always there. They don't go away. Riches? That's good. But, but money is a poor God. It's a good servant, but it's a poor God. I'm not spending all my life making more money and more money and more money. I mean, I like money, but, but what's wrong with the blessing? Amen. All right, there's one more here. Cares, riches, and pleasures. Um, oh, Shondai. That now, now we could spend a week on this one right in this church. You can only go to Disney so many times. It is a small world after all. 
I think we saw this before. Come on, y'all. At some point, why don't you go in there and go, turn it off, turn the TV off, put Facebook down, where's my Bible, and I think I'm going to spend some time wisely because right now this is producing nothing for me. Now understand God's interested in your heart. Now look at this, and I'm going to read this, and I'm going to close. And he who... And, and the ones who fell on good ground are those having a good, heard the word, and have a noble and good what? Say it again. Heart. God's not interested in a perfect life, but he is interested in a perfect heart. Your heart can be perfect and your life messed up and God is getting you out of the mess. And your life can be perfect and your heart wrong, and you're in trouble. So it says guard your heart. Guard it. Don't let anything else in there. Take, take the time, and I'm not telling you how to do it. That's up to you. I work on my marriage. You say, but you're married. That's beside the point. I work on my marriage. I pay attention to Lisa. I pay attention to what she likes. I pay attention to what she doesn't like. I listen in the conversations to hear something she would enjoy. And I do it all the time. I'm not quitting. I do the same thing with God. What do you want to do? What do you want? Do you have anything you want to do tonight? Who do you want to do? He tagged me a while ago and said, let Zach preach the band of brothers. He was in the middle of worshiping God, and I interrupted him. He said, let him do it. Give it to him. Let him go do it. A lot of times he'll tag me and say, I want you to walk over there and hug that person tell them you love them. Just, stop, just stops me and says, I got something I want you to do right now. There's times he'll tag me and say, I want you to call somebody on the phone. I want you to pick up the phone and give them a phone call. Or he'll say, I want to spend time with you today. I say, yes, sir, I'll spend time with you. I love it. There's nobody that likes spending time with God. Whew, I could go on and on and on on that one. The, without this, what I just said tonight, you're going to have a rough time ahead. The days ahead are not going to be won by anybody other than those who have a perfect heart. Your prayers have to come out of your heart. Your faith comes out of your heart. Your walk with God comes out of your heart. Your marriage comes out of your heart. Love is of the heart. Don't worry about the days. You just take care of this. I told a minister one time, I said, an unhealthy preacher cannot create a healthy church. Unhealthy, spiritual, unhealthy parents cannot produce good kids. You're not helping the world you're in if you're spiritually unhealthy. And the only thing that gives you that health is when you don't know what to do, just go spend time with God. So he said this to me the other day, and he just prompted me again. Don't always dive into praying in tongues like you're in a war zone. I mean, I'm that way. He goes, Whoa, son, good evening. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Hi, thank you, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now can we talk about, no. Sometimes he just wants you to walk in and go, I just want to be with you and spend some time with you. Why do you always, why does tongues always have to be about, I prayed for them. Why don't you just spend time with God? Why don't you just spend time worshiping God for a little while? What are you in a hurry for? What's, what's the big rush? You ain't got anywhere to go anyway. Never mind. That's of a, that's a value. We miss something in churches when we took altars out. The days of services and closing and people getting up and just coming up and spending time with God, those are valuable, 
valuable times. When, so I'm going to tell you this one more story. I, I'm trying to quit. When Lisa and I first got married, I knew I had a call of God on my life, and I knew I needed to be in the will of God, but I didn't know what it was. And I'd go to work every day, went to work, got a family to support. I'd come home, I'd go running, work out with weights, go take a shower, eat dinner, and then I would look at Lisa and say, I'm going in Josh's bedroom. We had a two-bedroom house. I said, I'm going to close the door, and I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to go seek God. My answer to where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do did not come quick. There was a lot of time in that room on my face, praying, seeking God's face, getting my heart right to where I could hear his voice. And he said, I want you to go to work with Air Mobile. That opened. And Melanie was there when I was in Laganov. And he said, when you go home, you're going to take that church. That came after, at least I'm going to say, was it probably months of going in Josh's bedroom? How much time do you think I spent in there? A couple of months? Hmm? Four and six months. You say, really? Yeah, really. Everything doesn't happen quick. Sometimes it's line up online. Here a little and there a little. But I had turned my face to God because I knew if I turned my face, he'd turn his face to mine. And he did. Brother Hagin did that. John G. Lake did that. Smith Wigglesworth did that. Kenneth Copeland did that. Joyce Myers did that. Catherine Coleman did that. That's where the power comes from. And I think that's why there's not a lot of power in the church today. We're too busy doing stuff that don't amount to a hill of beans. Amen? Are you ready to spend some time? Father God, thank you this evening. I, I came in here with a soul desire in my heart to teach what it actually means to turn our focus and our attention on the things of, of, that you, of what you said and with spending time with you. It's not just a religion. It's really a relationship, but it's not always so f- as fast as we think it is. But I think there's people in this room right now that could benefit from just pull away. Spend the time. When, the, when you start talking to them, not to be so quick to get up and run off and do something when you're yielding, when you're wooing them to take the time, turn some stuff off. Don't let the world be so loud in their ears and pull back. And I believe that a lot of them will get their prayers answered. They'll see miracles. Uh, We know you want to do them. We know you want to heal bodies. We know you want to give direction. But I think some of us just need to turn our focus like Moses did to the burning bush or like the guys on the road to Emmaus. And become interested in what you have to say. And that has to become a priority. And we thank you for the night. I thank you for everybody in the sound of my voice. And I give you praise and honor. And all those guys online, hello. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.